Welcome to Hot Springs Village Inside Out, a weekly podcast where Hot Springs Village, Arkansas is the star. Join me, Randy Cantrell, and my co-host Dennis Simpson as we discuss the history, facts, people, places, events, lots more surrounding Hot Springs Village, Arkansas. Visit the website at hotspringsvillageinsideout.com. Hello, I'm Dennis Simpson, again, co-host with Mr. Randy Cantrell. We're glad you're joining us today, and we are going to talk about how to quiet or clean a title. And I know that sounds like a strange, esoteric thing, but with the number of lots that are being bought recently from state state tax sales from the Commissioner of State Lands and places like this, this keeps coming up over and over and over. And to join us today, we have Mr. Jeff Atkins. How are you doing today, Jeff? Hey, I'm good. How are you, Dennis? Doing quite well, quite well indeed. Um, the reason I wanted to tell this story and kind of come into it, part of part of what Jeff and I know and Randy too is is anecdotal and, and incidental. And part of what we know is because we've had to muddle through some of these waters by ourselves. And one of the issues is I got a phone call from a lady at a title company this last week. Very nice lady, happy to help. And she said, I'm going to put you on speakerphone. And by the way, I'm not always somebody you want to put on speakerphone. I'm going to put you on speakerphone. And we've got a couple here who they're closing on a house, beautiful brand new house they bought in an interior part of the village. And they went to the commissioner of state lands and they bought the lot beside them and they want to put a garage on it. And they want to know how to clear that title. What, what, what do they need to do? And I asked just a couple of quick questions. And Jeff, have you had this question just like 20 times a year? Well, I not probably not 20, but I get it occasionally. Yeah. So people are always asking, how do you do that? Right. So I asked the people real quick. I said, well, you know, did you buy this at a tax sale? Yes. We bought this from the commissioner of state lands. And I said, have you, have you done any research on it? Have you looked up? Did it have any encumbrances? And the lady said joyfully, oh, we are so happy. We looked this up. And unfortunately, the, the couple that had it, the husband and wife that had it, they're both deceased. But we think that's great news. And all I could think was is that's the world's worst possible news. And right now, those of you that don't know are kind of scratching your head. And Jeff, what is even worse than the both parties dying? Uh, I think the worst possible news you could get is that there's an IRS lien on the property. Yeah, because those IRS liens do not go away for heck and high water. Uh, I think 10 years from whenever they were instituted and they can be um, they can be extended. Really? Potentially. Yeah. And well, I've had that we... happen on a lot that I've bought before um, and it was supposed to have a good title, but it turned out that it had a IRS lien on it. And who did you buy this from, if I can? Well, it was at the POA foreclosure sales way back years ago, many years back ago. Back when they did that at the 15 years ago, probably, yeah. And yeah. it was just missed before the um, before the um, POA action was complete. Typically, they wouldn't have auctioned it off or they, they wouldn't have even pursued the foreclosure action uh, if it had an IRS lien just because it wasn't worth it. Uh, but it got missed. And, and so um, I may even still own that lot. I, I don't know. But, but let me, or, let me shoot it. Let me but would, this, the would, would, this, would this topic apply to people that are, that are buying a lot through other means other than, other than a tax sale? Well, I'm thinking, I'm thinking of all the Facebook posts, uh, particularly oh. from foreign owners Oh sweet Lord. and, and these lots that people are saying, Hey, we'll owner financed and all that. I mean, how reliable are those? Well, 
I mean, when we talked about the commissioner of state land sales on a previous podcast, one of the things we said is that you probably always want to close a title company, get a title search and uh, get a warranty deed. Uh, But the key thing is the title search and the title insurance. And so if you bought a lot from those people that you were just describing and you went through a title company, you'd be okay because that would be researched. Um, But if you just buy it from them directly without going through a title company, there's no telling what you're going to get. And one of the things they like to say is, well, no, 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 we'll just, we'll just have payments. You can just make payments Mm -hmm. and there's no closing. It's not your property while you're making payments. Well, Well, we can assign it to you. You can, I'm sorry. Typically those are done on a land contract. Right. So you don't even get the deed to the end. And what happens if the guy's not there when you finish paying it off in four or five years? Yeah. You know, who is he? Where is he? Um, is he going to show up with a deed at any point? And a lot of times uh, those those types of sellers like to do what they call special warranty deeds. And so basically that just says, well, since I've owned it, there's no issues. Right. It doesn't go back past the time that they owned it. Well, that doesn't do you any good. That, well, that's pretty much worthless. Let's dive a little deeper here because we're right in the top of this real quick. And, and we are talking, let's be very specific. We are talking about properties in Hot Springs Village. Randy, if you buy a property in, in, in Dallas, they're going to do a title search back to, quote, abstract. And abstract virtually goes to Lewis and Clark, you know, when they mapped it out and they did that. In the village, abstract is defined as 1970 when Cooper bought all of this land and redeveloped it and turned and replatted and plotted it and turned it into something specifically for them. Because we know at that point, title companies, which title companies are endlessly dogged about this they want to follow down every little path and but they stop at cooper at the end of cooper here in the village that's where they stop so let's go back to the analogy real quick we've got the the couple that that are you know seemingly happy that they have uh you know deceased owners because that that means the title has no claim if these well, people there's have heirs potentially that would have claim to it exactly what, what if these people had four children and of those four children, they had married and possibly statistically, uh, if all four had married, two statistically had gotten a divorce, that ex, ex-daughter-in-law, ex-son-in-law will still have to sign off and you will still have to serve them with a notice that you're being sued. So, so what did you Jeff, tell them? So what did you tell these people to do? I I explained to these people that if they didn't naturally do something with the lot, if they didn't, if they just waited for it to expire, they were going to wait 17 years. Yeah. Yeah. That was not, I was not popular. 15, 15, Um, 15 years. Yeah. And, but you know, one of the things we're going to talk about is, is how to clean these things up. And typically with a quiet title action, you don't have to necessarily serve everybody. You, you serve, you know, you would, in this case that you gave Dennis, I think you would just service, um, meaning you you notify, you notify the last known owner. With a certified letter. Right. And and that's your, um, that's your effort. You, you made the effort to do it. And, you know, if they changed their address or moved or whatever, and it doesn't get to them, that's, you're not, that's not on you. Yeah. So, so let's go through this real quick, Jeff. So, because we've done this a couple of times. So uh, let, let's take this couple in for an example. They're the, the siblings or the, the children, I should say, of the couple that are deceased. If they're, let's say there's four kids, yeah. you would serve every one of those four 
And not, you would say no? No, not necessarily. Like like I just said, it's you notify the last known owner. Okay. At that, at, you don't care if they're dead or not. You're right. just notifying the last good owner because it could be in a trust, right? It, it doesn't matter. You, just, you notify the last known owner. Now, there are some, sometimes I think they will actually go and notify other people. Um, but, you know, that's why you have a lawyer involved uh, to know who to notify and, and how far back you have to go and all that sort of thing. Um, and, you know, the, so the solution, that's if you do the quiet title solution. Um, and that costs money, you know, to do the legal process. The other solution is if you know, for example, if the title company has done a search and they say you need these two people to sign off or these four people to sign off, if you can get those signatures, then you're okay. You don't actually have to go through the legal process. Well, and let, we've let, seen let, that. Yeah, we have. But let, let's go back for the for the for the 101. You know, clearing okay. a title 101. The very first thing that they do is you find the last known good. Right. And then you have a title company search for any encumbrances because the IRS could have attached to it. A plumber right. could have attached to it. There could be a mechanics lien. Yes. Somebody said, well, you know, I, I don't have the money to pay you right now, but I'll give you a loan based on this property. And there's a $10,000 loan against it. And the title company goes and searches for those, those claims. Correct. And Randy, back to your question, these people that are selling online on Facebook, they have not even done that title research yet. I don't believe because when you ask them about it, they're like, Oh, we'll fix that in closing. Well, the closing is going to be 48 months from now when you get through making all your payments. Mm -hmm. So anyway, but, but they, the title company basically will research and tell you who you need and what issues you need to address. They will give you a a laundry list of what's broken. So a title company, a title company is my first call, not an attorney. Well, I'm leaving that to you. if you are interested in a piece of property and you want to make an offer on it, you make it contingent on having good title and you go through a title company that makes sure that that happens. Um, you know, pick your favorite one. Um, so I wouldn't call them until I had, I, I would just make sure that the contract stated it had to be a good title. Well, we said in an earlier podcast that if you, if you do a closing and you do it without a title company, buy at your own risk, You're exactly. buying at your own risk. Exactly. Yeah. Now, you know, there's there's the point that if you're just buying a piece of property so that you can have golf privileges or whatever, do you really even care if there's an IRS lien? Because the IRS is not going to come get the property from you or send you a bill or anything else. So, you know, you may not care. But if you want to improve that property, that's what we're talking about. If you want to improve the property, you're putting that improvement at risk if you don't make sure that you have a good title. Okay. So we've got the, we're your, your example that you gave Dennis, and we want to build this garage and they're deceased. And we, now we do what? Now we would uh, do a title search, see what encumbrances are on there. Then we would contact an attorney and have an attorney go through a legal process to clear this title, which would be, or, or, or as, as Jeff said, if they find that there's just one sibling or one, one daughter or, or, or son, and that daughter or son will sign off and say, yeah, we don't want anything to do with that property anymore. Then you could be done now. Hey, let me ask a un- stupid question. So what, how do I know what attorney to call? So I got an attorney I, that works I, in land sales and, and Jeff and I have had more than one problem finding people. Haven't we, Jeffrey? Yeah, it, it can be problematic. Uh, I, we've, can we've I find one through a title company. So if I'm yeah. okay, well, yeah, and, and, and let me go back to this. The reason why 
the lady at the title company called me was because she said, this guy knows more about clearing titles than anybody I know. I was like, well, wouldn't you know attorneys that you could answer this question to? Yeah. That's, that's kind of not what they do. If you know what I mean, you know, that's kind of like asking the milkman, how this recipe works. He he doesn't work on that, that end of the stick. Okay. So we need to find a reputable attorney. That's got some skins on the wall and doing this kind of work. And let's talk money. Jeff and I do a lot of these and we do them in different ways, but the bottom line is, is that it's going to cost you between 1500 and $5,000 typically by the time this is done, Jeffrey, am I in the ballpark? Yeah. If you have, we've seen situations or I found somebody that, that will do a group of 10 for less, but you know, most people don't have 10, they have one. Yeah. No, pe- uh, most people don't have groups of lots. They're, most right. people are not collectors. Jeff. Yeah. Well, yes. Yeah, so we got to get over that collecting. So company. step one <laughs> is the title search done by the title company. Step two is the attorney. Then they can help us clean or quiet that title. If there's an yeah. issue, yes. If there's an so issue. So then they will, they will, the attorney will serve those people one way or the other. He, and he'll serve them typically, and then he'll give public notice, which is in a newspaper right. because we know everybody still gets newspapers these days. Right. And then there will be a court date set. And at that court date, you may or may not be required to attend, you being the property owner. Uh, and I've been before where I had to testify that, yes, I served these people. Yes, we gave them notice. Yes, it's been 30 days. Here's the proof. And by the way, in that interim, and this is where I think a lot of those Facebook people are going to fall off the planet. I paid the transfer fee. I paid the dues and kept this in good standing. I have paid the, the property tax for to the state of Arkansas. This property is not in jeopardy of falling back into collections again because I have been taking good care of it. The judge looks at that intently. If you know, well, no, I just hadn't, I hadn't bothered to be in the POE dues or whatever. We're just going to flip it. No, he usually well, will not bring the gavel down in your favor on that. That's, when the that's judge more moves, if you've already bought the property though. I'm sorry. That's that, that applies more if you've already bought the property. Exactly. If you haven't I'm brought sorry, the Jeffrey, property yeah. yet, you haven't paid any taxes. You haven't paid any POE assessments. And, and Randy, let's go back to your point. What is the point of title insurance? What, what is Jeff, what, what would you, how would you define that? Well, it's just to alleviate the risk that you may have to, um, that you may not have good title to that property and it may not be end up being yours. So, you know, if, if you never improve it, it doesn't really matter that much other than your, your purchase cost uh, would be the only thing you would have at risk and, and, you know, the POA dues and taxes you paid. Um, But um, it's, it's just a matter of how much, improvement do you want to do to a piece of property that may, you may not own well and if you're risk if, you, if you're risk averse right. and you and and there's a there's a and the title's not clear you know you just walk away right you just like, walk away. Yeah, I, I don't I, care about cleaning it somebody else can handle that well and we, i've had to do that recently we went to the title company i think i mentioned this last time is is i had a property under contract it was at the title company they found out that it had a commissioner of state lands uh it was bought from the commissioner of state lands and you know, this was in Garland County. And it wasn't clear from looking at the chain of title for Garland County that that had occurred. So, you know, I was saved. I didn't have to spend the money to buy the lot and not be able to sell it with good title. Um, so yeah, now in Sling County, it's a little easier. If you look at the chain of title in Sling County, that's available free online, you can easier see that it's been through the commissioner of state lands because it'll say certified to the state. But I wouldn't rely on that. It's a good indicator that it's okay. But I, I think the the 
number one thing for most people that would ever be buying from, from these uh, companies that have bought from commissioner of state lands is just find out ahead of time, you know, ask them, you know, do, have you gone through the process to quiet the title? Because if they hadn't, and you can see the commissioner of state lands in the chain of title, it's not good. But in Dennis's example, so I've got a lot next door. I've got a house. Well, that I want that lot. Yeah. Maybe I've already bought that lot. Now I want to build a garage on it. And now I, I encounter this problem. I'm assuming the title company is the one that revealed to them, Hey, the, the owners right. are deceased. And so now they go hire an attorney. I mean, walk us through that specific example, Dennis. Well, let, let me, let me ask the answer the question that I ask a little more specifically, Jeff, Jeff touched on title insurance, but let me be explicitly clear. And that is title insurance is an insurance policy that the title company gives you that says, if this comes up and we are sued in a court of law, we will defend you for this amount of money. Am I, am I saying that well, Jeff? Yes, you're, you're saying that correctly. And that's an important point because the title insurance, my understanding is it's typically for your purchase amount. Well, it doesn't cover the improvement that you're about to put on it. So, so the most important part is not the insurance for the $5,000 or whatever you paid for the lot. It's knowing that nobody can come and get it. So let me be explicitly clear here again, because this is the, the some of the most important points we're going to cover. And that is, is that you, you, if you have a claim on that piece of property and you go to the bank, the bank's going to say, we're not going to loan you any money until you clear that title. And you say to yourself, you say, Hey, forget it. We got 10,000 in the bank, Randy, we're just going to write a check and we will build a garage on this property. The former heirs to that property can come and say, thank you for building that garage. We'll take it very much. And, and you say, well, this sounds that that would never. Yeah, it does. It happens. That's not outside the realm of possibility. And that's why the bank will not loan you money for a construction loan until that is clear. And to be explicitly clear, and Jeff's bringing up another great point, the title insurance covers the value of the land, not any improvements. And, and did, it, did, the, did the title company say, we're going to write you a check for $150,000 for a $150,000 lot if we mess up? No. They said they're going to warranty it in court. So many times title companies are owned by attorneys because the attorney, if there's ever a lawsuit, they just come back to the court and say, hey, so why are title companies so diligent? Because it's their skin on the line. If, if, they, if they make a $150,000 mistake and the attorney comes in and goes, I can't defend this, it comes out of their pocket. And Jeff, let's talk about how much is title insurance as a rule? Well, typically the title insurance itself is not that expensive because it's for a lot because it's based on the value of the property often. Now, there's other ways that title companies can structure it depending on who you go to. Uh, usually what costs the most money is the title search. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I've seen examples where a title search is 150 bucks and the title insurance is $10. Yeah. yeah. It's typically under just $200 roll it in, roll for a, a lot. Yeah. And the yeah. time period to do a, tar- a title search typically, or is there a typical? Uh, well, typically three or four weeks tops. Yeah. Based on how busy they are. I mean, I've yeah. seen it in a week, but it's rare. Yeah. Uh, and there are people who try to do their own title searches and I'm fine with that, but it, it can be a little, because I mean, unless you're a professional that does this all the time, there are what do they call them ACC filings, Jeffrey, when there's a loan or something against it, uh, UCC, 
UCC, the Uniform Commercial Code. Yes. And so they go through the UCC and see if anybody's filed a complaint or if anybody sued you, if anybody's attached to the property, if it's got an IRS lien, they go through the, the big top 10, you know, and when they come to you and say, this is what it's going to take to clear this piece of property. Then the attorney can go to work, set the court date. The judge brings down the gavel. It's just, if you do it right, if you've served everybody, if you've watched your P's and Q's and you've addressed everything that's on that title, that's clouded, the judge will bring down a gavel and it will be solely and properly completely yours. No other claims to it. It's, it's another literally kind of like an abstract line in the sand that at this point, we know that there's no other encumbrances. And, and just for what it's worth, Randy, one of the laws, and, and Jeff and I have read this a hundred times, one of the laws says that you were not, uh, you cannot claim, you can claim your property if you were abroad in a foreign war. If you were, had a mental health disorder and you were not available during that time to claim your property back, blah, blah, blah. There's, there's three or four very, very limited exceptions. Mm-hmm. But outside those exceptions, this property is profoundly yours, right, Jeff? Well, those exceptions apply. You, typically, a commissioner of state lands title is, is going to be okay, except for those exceptions, types of exceptions that you just listed. Now, once you go through the quiet title process, those are gone mm-hmm. because that's when the prior owner gets notification. And so, and the other thing we need to point out is we're, we're kind of saying this like you would buy the property and then go through the quiet title process. I would recommend that before you buy the property, you have the prior owner go through the quiet title process so you don't take the risk. You know, let if they want to sell the property, let them make sure it has a good title. Don't take on that burden yourself. Let, let's talk about how the procedure goes, because people say, well, you know, Jeff, I'm going to pay you $10,000 and then we'll do closing. Mm-hmm. And, and most people really don't understand what closing is. G- give us a quick thumbnail of that. Well, the actual closing is when you get the deed. Right. But I'm just saying, what have they covered when they get the deed? They make sure that all the taxes are paid. They make sure there's no further encumbrances on the property, that they can write a piece of title insurance on the property. When when we're talking about closing, it's like, okay, well, that's going to be 500 bucks. Well, what does that cover? Well, it covers the title search. It covers the insurance. It covers all these things to make sure that this transaction is flawless, that, that at the end of this transfer, period, this property is yours without, without question. That's the goal. Yes. Randy, anything else? No, I think we, (laughs) he's such a man of so many words. No, I'm I'm succinct. I may not be clear, but (laughs) no, I I get it. I mean, you know, it, listen, it, it, as always to me, you guys are experienced at this, you know, I'm only experienced in and buying houses and stuff, you know, and it, but it's buyer beware. It's just buyer beware. I mean, I'm really these Facebook ads. I look at them and I just cringe, uh, you know, because, you know, owner financed and, you know, no closing costs and we don't need a title company and all that. And, and, and you know what, you know what they're doing. We know what they're doing. Uh, I, I, I hope, I hope most people in the public know what they're doing too. You know, well, Jeff and I've seen this for over 20 years and yeah. we've seen, we've seen pretty much every game played. We see people right. that will send you a, a letter, Randy, and they'll say, Hey, we like your property. And that's really interesting. And they're looking at, you know, 32,000 properties in the village yep. and they see these ones that pop out based on an algorithm. And they send you a letter and they say, Randy, we'd love to, we are interested in buying your property. Um, and we'll close in about three years after we found another buyer. 
Yeah. I mean, and so they keep yeah. you in a contract, so you can't even sell your own property. Yeah. There's a lot of these things. Jeffrey, I, just I can't can imagine anybody doing any of this without a title company. I, I yeah. just, to me, that's, yeah, I mean, that's, that's job one, you know, is get professionals involved that can well, protect I mean, you. I do have a question. Is there, is there one elephant in the room that it's like, nah, forget it. So I'm looking at a lot and I really like the lot, but up pops this one issue and while I might could do it, what would you walk away from? I think the IRS lien is, is probably the most difficult situation. Yeah. Uh, but I think I mentioned it on a previous podcast is I've seen somebody sell a lot that they did not even own. So, you know, and it didn't go through a title company, obviously, or yeah. the title company would have realized. Um, and, you know, we went back and um, I was put in contact with a uh, postal inspector who told me that the uh, notary stamp on the deed was a forgery and just all kinds of things. Oh, it, it was a nightmare. Yeah. That's when you just run. And, yeah. and I, yeah. Um, well, the, it was too late for them to run. They had, it was a couple from St. Louis. They had already paid the guy for the lot oh. and, and the guy, had, they had filed a deed against my lot that I owned and uh, the County caught it at that time. Saline County caught it. And, um, you know, was it was removed. I didn't have to do anything really. Let's so they filed this. it against Somebody, the wrong lot. No, no. The guy lost. had owned the lot. I don't lot. understand. The, the guy had owned the lot. He lost it through foreclosure at, at the POA auction. I was the owner. And then he sold it, even though he knew that he didn't. Oh, he, he sold the lot it. that he no longer owned. Yeah, he sold a lot oh. that he no longer owned. And he knew that he didn't own it. I mean, why else would you use a, a, a forged notary stamp? Yeah. Um, okay. So I got it. You've that got to be so careful. I missed. Yeah. I mean, if you look at the chain of title on some of these lots, it's been back and forth so many places. They can all be cleaned up, but potentially the one I'd really worry about, like you asked about, was the IRS lien because, yeah. you know, it, that might run for another five years. Mm -hmm. And will it be uh, re implemented or extended? Who knows? So why well, take that risk? Um, well, I, I would run from the room and I have when people say, well, we don't need a title company. We'll, we'll just take it this way. And right. I'm like, I don't know you. And where did this title? I, uh, uh, no, we're good. Thanks. Appreciate right. it. And, but, you know, part of the problem, Randy, to, to just kind of summarize and wrap up, part of the problem is, is that there's nothing as attractive if, when you love your home. There's nothing as attractive as the next door lot. Yeah. Okay. And that sounds like a great idea. It really is. You just want the land that you're on and what the, what touches yours, you know, mm -hmm. and that seems like a good idea, no matter, you know, how do you run away from something that's your next door lot? There's not another next door lot that's going to come available. Well, yeah, but Jeff and I've seen this too. And that is these guys come and go this. I mean, if they last three to five years, you know, I just wait them out. And I know that's the long play, but in five years, that property may be available again. And I would encourage you and Randy, Jeff, we haven't brought this up, but um, Garland County offers a very simplified search, which is actdatascout.com, actactdatascout.com. Uh, and they offer a free search, but it's really limited. Uh, and AR County Records, AR Alpha Romeo County Records. Is that it? County data, no, county data, agrocountydata.com actually offers a, a free search in Saline County, but it's a very limited search. And what is it? 15 bucks a month or something, or you can, well, they're, they're, they're different formats, but one of them is per minute. 
know, yeah, like yeah. They, they've got some, you can search and get, but there are free searches. I'm there sorry? are free searches in both counties available. Mm-hmm. It can give you some idea of what's out there. And, you know, actually you're better off if the property was owned by NRP and then is in the possession of capital source or one of those um, subsidiary companies. Um, that's actually pretty good because yeah. t- typically those are a lot easier to clean up. You can even pay them a, a small fee and just have it go away and have that problem go away. Well, so, let's recap for listeners. NRPI is National Recreational Properties that came here in 2006, 2005, three, three uh, bought a lot of properties, went bankrupt after the 2007, whatever, or at least sold their assets to another entity. And uh, iron, flat iron, Flatiron. Stockridge Capital, Flatiron Stockridge Capital, Capital, and CS Paradiso, CS Paradiso, yes, and NRPI. But those those entities, whereas they are defunct is, as far as practical operations, they still do own valid titles, and you can contact them and say, "Hey, would you would for five hundred dollars would you sign off on this title and give us a quit claim or a quit release where you don't have any more claim to it?" Right. And a lot of times I hear that happens. So that can really you talk about how long it takes, Randy. It can take three to four months if you can find a Stockridge Capital or somebody like this or somebody that will sign off on it. And and the title company says that's who you need to sign off and they will sign off. You could do that in a couple of weeks and 500 bucks. So there's a lot of ways to do this. But and we, you know, we sound like an advertisement for a title company. But the (laughs) bottom line is use a title company, use a independent third party that will take care of that. If you don't know the buyer and the seller, use a title company. Stupid question. Absolutely. Important to use a title company in in the locale? I would Might. use one in Arkansas. Um, yeah. I, okay. And, you know, the, the couple of title companies that are here at the West Gate are the most experienced dealing with these situations here. But there are other title companies. You know, the Bella Vista has a similar situation. So if you had a title company, but why not use somebody here, um, either in Hot Springs or Hot Springs Village? Um you know, there's really no point in going elsewhere, but I would definitely stay in state. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and let's be frank about it. What happens is Jeff, if, if I sell you a lot through a title company and that lot is $500 behind on the POA dues, the title company is going to come to me and say, we want that $500 and, and let's well, split hairs here. Let's split hairs. The title company doesn't have to collect that $500, but if that's what the title company says it's going to take to, to clean that title or to have a, a, a title insurance written, then I better pay that 500 bucks. Yeah, they could always request or they could always hold the title insurance over your head. Technically, the prior owner is responsible for the POA dues if it passes title. Mm-hmm. So I don't know that they could force you to do that. Uh, they may ask the seller to do that. Well, they may refuse to write title insurance on it. They, they might. They, they, I mean, it's up to them. They can always refuse. Well, for it, reason. it could, it could be an instance, just like if you didn't pay your, 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 uh, property tax, the P the, the title company would well, say, well, it's not caught up to date. We're, no, we're but not- the law, the law says that the property taxes run with the land where the POA assessment runs with the prior owner. Exactly. Exactly. I, I was splitting hairs there. I mean, yeah. I knew where, yeah. Randy, any other questions Does that make sense? No. Say good night, Dennis. Good night, Dennis. Hot Springs Village Inside Out. I'm Dennis, Randy, and Jeff. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for listening to another episode of Hot Springs Village Inside Out, a podcast where Hot Springs Village, Arkansas is the star. Please subscribe to the podcast. You can do that by visiting our website, hsvinsideout.com, and tell a friend.